Section one of the National Geographic Magazine, Volume four. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne Spiegel. The Evolution of Commerce. Annual Address by the President, Honorable Gardiner G. Hubbard. Presented to the Society January fifteenth, eighteen ninety two. Part one. For over three thousand years the great highway for commerce has been from India by the Persian Gulf and the Euphrates or the Red Sea to the Mediterranean and thence through the Mediterranean by Gibraltar to Western and Northern Europe and in our day thence to America. Along this route cities and nations have sprung up, increased in wealth and power and passed away, giving place to other cities and nations further westward these nations have been great carriers and distributors of minerals and goods as well as capitalists and bankers or carriers bankers and manufacturers in either case controlling the commerce of the world this control has never for any long period been held by the same race but has passed from one nation to another always from the east toward the west the earliest highway of commerce was from india through the persian gulf up the euphrates to the mediterranean and carpets and precious stones were then as now carried over this route explorations and surveys for a railroad have been recently made along this our future highway to india caravans brought spices from arabia and rich stuffs from babylon and nineveh to the shore of the red sea solomon made a navy of ships and hiram sent in the navy his servants shipmen that had knowledge of the sea and they brought gold from ophir great plenty of almac trees and precious stones Tyre and Sidon founded colonies on the shores of the Mediterranean, enslaving the Spaniards and compelling them to work the mines of gold and silver already opened in Spain. Their ships sailed through the Mediterranean, by the Pillars of Hercules, into the Atlantic Ocean, turning northward to England for tin and copper, and on into the Baltic Sea for furs and amber, turning southward along the western coast of Africa, passing certainly two thousand miles to the equator, and probably rounding the Cape of Good Hope into the Indian Ocean. Products from the West were brought in ships to Tyre and Sidon, and exchanged for the goods of the East, their merchants making profits on each transaction, both as merchants and as carriers. Tyre and Sidon became wealthy, luxurious, and effeminate. Some of their citizens saw in Africa a richer soil and a better situation for a large city, and founded Carthage. The Carthaginians inherited the trade of Tyre and Sidon, and in addition opened highways to Egypt and into the interior of Africa, bartering their wares in Egypt for corn and grain, and in Africa for ivory, gems, and slaves. They planted colonies in Africa and Sicily, and for a time were successful rivals of Greece and Rome. The rule of the ocean, transferred from Asia to Africa, remained there but a short time, for the day of Europe came with the rise of Greece and Rome. The Greeks founded colonies in Asia Minor, Sicily, and Italy. The ruins of great cities with Grecian temples and amphitheatres are found at Gurgenti and Syracuse in Sicily, at Pestum and other places in Italy. Under Phyrus, their armies were defeated by the Romans and her colonies captured. Deprived of these, her power rapidly declined, and she became a Roman province. Rome Rome founded few colonies, but she conquered the nations of Asia, Africa, and Europe, and brought under her sway cities, kingdoms, and empires. 
she boasted of five hundred cities in her asiatic province that had been founded or enlarged and beautified by the caesars one hundred and twenty vessels each year brought the goods of india from the delta of the ganges and large fleets from egypt came laden with corn and grain she imported from every country but exported little paying for her imports by taxes levied on her colonists rome was the first power to incorporate conquered states into her dominion and extend citizenship to all the people in her empire so that paul could say in truth i am a roman citizen and to caesar i appeal so salutary and beneficial was her rule that under it these countries prospered more than under their own rulers what rome seized with strong hands she defended and in return for taxation gave protection she has no more enduring monument than her roads the remains of which are now found in every country of europe though built as military and post roads they were used largely for commerce all started from the golden milestone in the forum one ran over the brenner pass northward to the baltic sea and another followed the northwestern coast of the mediterranean to spain and southern france another crossed the alps and extended through france to the british channel and through england to scotland where the romans built a wall ruins of which now bear witness to its strength another way went southward to naples and brindisi and another led eastward to macedonia and greece as these were the only roads in all these countries it was truly said all ways lead to rome and over them the messengers of caesar travelled more rapidly than the mail carrier of our fathers on our mail routes venice and genoa after five hundred years of empire rome fell and the dark ages followed from a d four hundred to a d eight hundred commerce and trade died out the only vessels on the mediterranean and baltic were piratical crafts jerusalem and the holy land were captured by the turks the crusades began forerunners of a higher civilization and more extended commerce thousands and tens of thousands of people from all parts of europe and all ranks of life bearing the pilgrim's badge the blood-red cross journeyed toward the holy land first in vast crowds led by peter the hermit and then in great armies led by kings and generals for two hundred years this movement continued venice and genoa furnished ships to carry the armies of france from italy to the holy land the venetians were shrewd merchants and drove hard bargains stipulating for secessions of land at the best commercial points and adequate compensation for their services after the failure of each crusade they brought back remnants of the troops and pilgrims and with them the products of asia minor and books and art treasures from greece these were distributed all over italy and led to the renaissance of the thirteenth and fourteenth centuries the trade with the east brought power and wealth to venice and genoa they founded colonies on the black sea in asia minor and on the asiatic coast venice alone had three thousand merchant vessels their commerce was not confined to the borders of the mediterranean for the goods of the orient were distributed by the way of augsburg and nuremberg to the interior of germany and to the towns of the hanseatic confederation thus commerce was opened with the interior of europe by the failure of the crusades the power of the turks which had been for the time checked grew and increased they conquered the holy places of the earth asia minor and syria and finally crossing into europe gained constantinople the colonies of venice and genoa were captured their fleets disappeared from the mediterranean in western europe the spaniards under ferdinand and isabella conquered the moors who for many ages had occupied the larger portion of spain and as the crescent appeared in eastern europe 
the cross triumphed in the west spain and portugal then a new power appeared upon the stage spain and portugal entered upon an era of exploration and discovery in regions unknown to venice and genoa commerce which in the middle ages had been confined to the mediterranean sea was now extended to the countries on the atlantic ocean and the cape verde islands madeira and the canaries were discovered in one generation between fourteen seventy and fifteen hundred a d more and greater discoveries were made than in any other period of the world's history the portuguese sailed along the eastern coast of africa and rounded the cape of good hope vasco da gama crossed the indian ocean to india columbus sailed westward to find the orient and discovered the new world magellan circumnavigated the globe balboa crossed the isthmus of panama and was the first to see on the same day the sun rise out of the atlantic and set in the pacific and soon the eastern and western coasts of america were explored from newfoundland to cape horn and from cape horn to panama both portugal and spain claimed all the new world and as they could not agree upon a division of territory they referred the matter to the pope who divided the new world between them the atlantic became the great highway for commerce while the mediterranean was deserted and venice and genoa existed only in the past the commerce of portugal was coextensive with her domain which extended from japan and the spice islands and india to the red sea thence to the cape of good hope and with their possessions on the eastern and western shores of the atlantic and in africa and brazil completed their maritime empire the most extensive the world has ever seen then a single fleet of one hundred and fifty to two hundred and fifty carracks sailed from the port of goa to lisbon now there sails but one vessel a year from all india from spain ships sail both to the caribbean sea and to cape horn and thence to chile and peru or directly northwestward from cape horn to the philippine islands spain conquered mexico central america and all south america except brazil the gold and silver of peru and chile and the goods of the orient were brought to spain and portugal as their wealth and power increased the spirit of exploration decreased and for nearly two hundred years the spanish ships sailed in a fixed course by the same lanes exploring the ocean neither toward the north nor the south leaving undiscovered the great continent of australia and numerous groups of islands the spanish and portuguese leaders were cavaliers who despised all commerce excepting in gold and silver all kinds of manufactures all manual labor and the cultivation of the ground they came not to colonize but to satisfy by the labor of the enslaved aborigines their thirst for gold and silver the whole political power was retained by the king of spain and administered by spaniards while the silver and gold of america and the wealth of the indies poured into the treasuries of spain they wanted nothing more like ancient rome they took all the wealth of the conquered countries making no return but they did not like rome give wise and equitable laws and a stable government to the countries they conquered the netherlands the inhabitants of the netherlands were manufacturers and supplied the markets of spain and portugal and their colonies thus reaping as large profits from their trade with these countries as the spanish and portuguese from the mines of gold and silver no part of europe says motley seems so unlikely to become the home of a great nation as the low country on the northwest coast of the continent where the great rivers the rhine and scheldt emptied into the north sea and where it was hard to tell whether it was land or water in this region outcast of ocean and earth a little nation rested from both domains their richest treasures 
the commerce of the hanseatic towns which had depended for their trade on venice and genoa became less and less as the glory of those cities waned antwerp with its deep and convenient rivers stretched its arms to the ocean and caught the golden harvest as it fell from its sister's grasp no city except paris surpassed it in population none approached it in splendor it became the commercial centre and banker of europe five thousand merchants daily assembled on its exchange twenty-five hundred vessels were often seen at once in its harbour and five hundred daily made their entrance into it the manufacturers of flanders and the netherlands had been noted for many generations and now vastly increased and were distributed all over the world the netherlands though the smallest became the wealthiest nation of europe then came the long-continued war with spain ending in the siege and fall of antwerp and in the imposition of such taxation as no other country had ever endured as antwerp had grown on the ruins of the hanseatic towns so her fall became england's gain france and england in america north of mexico neither silver nor gold had been found to tempt the spanish and portuguese the larger portion of the northern atlantic coast was one long sand beach broken by great estuaries and the mouths of great rivers the rest was rocky and rugged the temperature generally cold the land unfertile and barren for these reasons north america was left to the french and english the french claimed canada and the whole of the territory of the united states save a narrow strip of land on the atlantic coast the french population was small and was made up primarily of fur traders and half-breeds great britain held new england virginia and the carolinas after the first fever of religious colonization had passed about the commencement of the eighteenth century there was scarcely any immigration from england to america and but little trade between the two countries the population of north america was small its commerce less with little profit to the european merchants the country possessed no peculiar advantages for the production of articles of value in foreign markets there was nothing therefore to invite immigration or commerce the chief inducement to the english to navigate the atlantic was the hope of capturing the treasure-laden spanish galleons and the rich spanish cities sir francis drake sir walter raleigh and other navigators aided by queen elizabeth with bands of buccaneers refugees from all countries though mostly englishmen explored the recesses of the caribbean sea crossed the isthmus of panama and launched their little vessels on the pacific in fifteen years they captured five hundred and forty-five treasure ships sacked many towns trained the english seamen and laid the foundation for the navy of great britain the growth of english commerce was slower than that of spain portugal or holland and it was not until the middle of the eighteenth century or two hundred and fifty years after the discovery of america that she entered upon that career which gave her the control of the ocean her commerce was built up by protective laws founded on the navigation act of sixteen fifty one which prohibited foreign vessels from carrying to or from england the commerce of any country but its own these laws were universally regarded as among the chief causes and most important bulwarks of the prosperity of great britain and they were continued until english ships controlled the carrying trade of the world and were not finally repealed until eighteen fifty four the mechanical devices of watt arkwright and other great inventors gave to england that supremacy in manufactures which she has ever since retained the french revolution a little later aroused the fear of the statesmen merchants and capitalists of england 
that the energy of the new republic would be as omnipotent in mercantile affairs as on the field of battle they believed that france might regain the colonies and with them the commerce she had lost and therefore england declared war against napoleon which was carried on almost continuously from seventeen ninety three to eighteen fifteen the shipping of the continent disappeared or was captured by the fleets of england the colonies and with them the commerce of spain portugal holland and france passed to england and though she is still burdened with the debt then created she has never lost the commerce and carrying trade she thus obtained the population of the colonies of great britain is about one-sixth of the entire population of the globe and their territory comprises eighty per cent of the available temperate regions of the earth belonging to the anglo-saxon race the commerce of england has given wealth to her bankers and merchants and employment to her artisans shipbuilders ironworkers miners and manufacturers her exports of produce and manufactures have increased five hundred per cent in fifty years or from three hundred and fifty six million dollars in eighteen forty to one billion five hundred and seventy seven million dollars in eighteen ninety and are carried by her ships to every quarter of the globe though dependent on america for her food supplies these are moved in british ships the commerce of the world pays tribute to the bankers of london and makes that city the money centre of the world her best market is india and from india comes her largest imports next to those from the united states india egypt nineveh and babylon in prehistoric times tyre and sidon and greece under alexander carthage and rome under the caesars venice and genoa in the middle ages portugal and holland and lastly england have drawn great stores of wealth from india from india science and literature were handed on to europe and from india has come the religion of more than half of the human race for india the spanish sailed westward for india the portuguese sailed eastward portugal was the first to reach the goal and obtain the prize greater riches have been drawn from india than from the gold and silver mines of america since for all ages it has been the storehouse from which treasures were delivered portugal held india from about fifteen hundred to sixteen hundred ships brought the silks and precious stones of india to lisbon where they were sold to the dutch and distributed by them through europe spain conquered portugal and to avenge herself on holland excluded her merchants from lisbon they then sailed directly for india dispossessed the portuguese and the commerce of india was for the next hundred years controlled by holland then for a short time india was divided between france and england but under lord clive and warren hastings the possessions of france passed to the east india company and when their charter expired it was made a province of the crown and the queen of england became empress of india unlike rome and spain in their dealings with conquered nations england gives a fair exchange for all she takes and rules in india for india giving a more stable and equitable government than india ever before enjoyed Today, tyre sidon and carthage are known only by their ruins the glory of greece and rome of venice and genoa has passed the power of spain and portugal has waned while india is developing a social moral and political prosperity with wealth and commerce unknown in any former period of her history suez canal much of the trade of india in ancient times passed through a canal connecting the red sea with the mediterranean the remains of which still exist and efforts to reopen it have been made at different times by egypt without success 
In 1856, de Lesseps obtained concessions from the Khedive for the Suez Canal, and commenced the work under the direction of the best engineers of Europe. De Lesseps applied to English capitalists for help, but they were deterred by Lord Palmerston, who said he would oppose the work to the very end. Mr. Stevenson, the engineer, supported Lord Palmerston, declaring that the scheme was impracticable, except at an expense too great to warrant any expectation of returns. The Emperor of France lent his name to the company, and large sums of money were raised in France. But the canal was constructed mainly by the money and laborers of Egypt. It was opened in 1869, and immediately English steamers began to sail through the canal, and the route around the Cape of Good Horn was almost abandoned. Other flags soon followed, and the commerce with India and the East, so long lost to Venice and the ports of the Mediterranean, was revived. In 1875, Lord Beaconsfield purchased for England a controlling interest in the Suez Canal, and England now rules both Egypt and the Canal. The vessels of all the maritime nations of the world are constantly passing through the Canal, with the single exception of those of the United States. End of section 1